Hello, I'm Scott Millis, senior pastor here at Living Word Family Church, and I'd like to welcome you to our podcast. We want to thank you for joining us today, and we hope that today's message encourages you and equips you in your walk with Christ. Here's today's message. Hey, folks. Welcome to Wednesday night. So glad to be alive in Christ. I don't know about you. Just just know that God's got great things to do this day and this hour. Amen? Amen. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping you're praying and believing God for great things and for the body of Christ to mature and have unity and see, see the, the power of God in the church today. Pray one for another, the Bible says. I hope you're doing that, praying for one another, and, and really just concentrating on, on staying on course. That's, that's the title of my message again tonight. And the uh, subtitle is, uh, last week I talked about running your race. How many of you know you got a race? God has placed in us something to do for him for eternity, <laughs> for all the days of our life here on this earth. And today I want to talk about staying focused because how easy it is to get off course uh, when you lose, uh, when you get distracted, you lose your focus of where you're at. How many, how many of you that drive a car or a driven car, driving down the road and next thing you know, you, wow, how'd it get so far? And you almost lose your focus of where you're at. Or have you, how many of you have ever come close to running off the road <laughs> because you're not focused? So we got to stay focused on our course that God has laid out for us. And God's given each one of us that race, like I said, a race to run. But there are obstacles and distractions and, and things that uh, we'll, uh, we must stay alert and not get detoured or fall off. Paul said in 2 Timothy in fourth, uh, chapter 4, verse 6, For I am already already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand. It goes on to say, Paul was about ready to be executed. How many of you know that? But he said he was going to be an offering. His life was going to be an offering. You know, Jesus said no one took his life. He gave his life. Paul said basically the same thing. He says, I'm giving my life. I'm being offered up. He was laying down his life. Uh, since his conversion, Paul had offered to God his money, his scholarships, his scholarship, his strength, his time, the vigor of his body, his mind, his passion, and devotion of heart. I hope you're doing that today. That's what God's looking for, devotion of heart. If you have a devotion for God, true devotion, you'll give him the other things, amen? You'll do the other things. But he says, I've been poured out as a drink offering. And, and I, I saw the commentary on that. It says, and many times they would pour wine in a cup and pour it out in, in reference to Jesus pouring out his life, his blood for us. So he was, Paul said, I'm pouring out my body for, as an offering to God. Then it goes on to say, I have fought the good fight, a good fight. Uh, he was a faithful soldier. Amen? Amen? How many of you know you need to be a faithful soldier of the, of the Lord? God, God will help you to be faithful. Just put your hand to something and get, get to doing something. Amen. He had volunteered to serve Christ. He had separated himself from the world, totally committed to the mission. He suffered threats, scrapes, and wars launched by the enemy of Christ. How I many of you know we still go through the same thing? But he says none of these things bothered him or, or uh, all the things he had to go through because he was doing it with, with uh, the love of Christ. He was committed to the things of God. He had done his time. He had stuck to the mission. I mean, even know it's important to do that. He was ready to, <laughs> to be offered up. 
He said, I have finished the race. And Paul had disciplined himself and controlled his life so he could run that race to the uttermost. And just like, and he likened it unto an Olympic athlete. He had focused on the course of life and how he ran it. it you know, that's important. It's important to, to do your, you know, fulfill your mission to the fullest. Whatever it is God's called you to do, do it with all your heart, Colossians. He said in Colossians 3, he said, do all you do as unto the Lord, not unto man, for it is he that rewards and repays. There's a reward coming, my friends. I remember uh, uh, being in the Navy. You know, I was in the Navy for four years, and, and I ran that course of my life in the Navy, and you know, I got an honorable discharge. Isn't that good? Get an honorable discharge. When you leave this life, you leave it with an honorable discharge into the next life. Hallelujah. And that something's, so you run your race with that, that type of uh, mentality, that type of uh, zeal. I mean, you know, zeal of the Lord has consumed me, the scripture says. In 1 Corinthians 9.23, he says this, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Now, what's that mean? Does that mean just one person's going to? No, you run your race to receive that prize. Everyone can receive, will receive the prize if they run their race as unto the Lord. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. It goes on to say, everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain, not to obtain a perishable crown, something that's going to fade away, but an imp, uh, imperishable crown. Therefore, I run this, thus, not with uncertainty, thus I fight, not one who bats the air. In other words, we're in shadow boxing or whatever they call that. No, he's not doing that. But I discipline my body, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. How many of you know your lifestyle is, a, is, a, is, a, is preaching to others, whether you know it or not? People are watching you. They're watching you all through your life at different times. And they want to know what you believe and, and, and if you're faithful to, to stand for what you believe. Then he said to, to uh, in, in 2 Timothy verse uh, 7, I have kept the faith and the, and, the, and the present is secure in faith. And then finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness and that's future rewards. Amen? That's for all of us. That's what we're, we're to be doing is to be running our race in a way that there is a reward. There's rewards to be had. And it's, it all's based on how we run the race here. When that, when that last breath comes, it's over here. Now, those of us who know the Lord, be absent from the body is be present with the Lord, which Paul said is far better. So whatever we've experienced here that's good, it's far better there. Amen? So we run our race that way. But Paul said this, and we're in, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I press towards the gold for the prize of the upward call of, of God in Christ Jesus, even in imminent death, he was pressing towards. Amen? Amen. Amen. Pressing towards that gold, that prize. Amen. We can do that in everyday life. When you go through problems, press towards the gold of the, the prize. Say, no, I'm not going to let anything deter me from serving God in this life. Amen? Now, over in Proverbs 4.23, it says, we must guard our heart. So we guard our heart with all diligence. There are enemies of our soul trying to take us away. I mentioned last week, and there are things that will try to get us off course from running our race the way God would have us run it. 
Number one, we know Satan. Listen, there are some people that don't believe in Satan. All you got to do is look around at our society today and know there's an enemy. Amen? It says over in 1 Peter 5, 8, Be sober, Peter said. Be vigilant. Your adversary, the devil, once walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may destroy or devour. Peter knew something about uh, Satan's attacks. Remember in this passage over in Luke 22, 31, the Lord said to Simon, and he said, Simon, Simon. He called him Simon because Peter was about ready to revert back to his old ways. He said, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you like wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. Amen? Do you, and it goes on to say, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brother, your brother. You know what he's saying? Peter was about to deny Christ three times. Remember that story? He says, you'll deny me three times for the cock crows three times, uh, you know, and he did. And it broke Peter's heart then. He realized, but Jesus said, I'm praying for you, Peter, that your faith not fail. Do you know we still have that high priest, Jesus, the high priest in Hebrews 7, 25, Jesus prayed for Peter. He's praying for us in heaven now. And seated at the right hand of God the Father, praying and interceding for us. How many of you know he's still doing that? That will not fail, that we'll run our course, that we'll run our race. He's forever our high priest. Now, so Peter knew something about Seder's temptations and tricks. How many of you know that? He warned us to stay alert and sober. That's what I just said. Peter knew personally how Satan could have attacked. Because he says, I'll, I'll never uh, uh, forsake you, Jesus. And Jesus says, you will, but I'm praying for you. But Peter knew that. So later when he wrote uh, in, in 1 Peter, he says, be sober. Don't be intoxicated with the world. Don't be caught up in the world with your behavior. Not be, uh, be overcome with cares and worries and fears. That's what he's saying. He said, casting all your care over onto me for, for him because he cares for you. But he said, don't be caught up with that. Be sober and watchful for the attacks of the devil. That's, if we're sober and vigilant, you know, a drunk person, I won't say how many times I've ever been drunk, but I've been drunk a few times, and you just cast all faith to the wind. You don't even know half the time what you're doing if you're really drunk. Peter says, don't do that. And then in 1 Peter 1.13, in the Amplified, he says, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober in, uh, in spirit, steadfast, self-disciplined, spiritually and morally alert. Fix your hope completely on the grace of God that is coming to you when Christ is revealed. Listen, we're to stand fast like that. We're to stand uh, uh, soberly. Then it goes on to say, stand against what? The devil. Be vigilant. Be vigilant, which is watchful and awake. Must be vigilant and looking for the devil's temptations and attack. In Matthew 26, 41, Jesus said this, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is what? Weak. We know the flesh is weak. So we watch and pray. What do we pray? <laughs> we pray that we, we were filled with the presence of God so we can detect when we're being deceived and when we're being led astray. Amen? Getting off course. Stay focused. That's, that's what I would say. So we must keep our eyes on the prize. Stay focused. So those are things we begin to do. Now going on, the second thing I talked about last week was short-sightedness. 
How many of you can be short-sighted? That's what happens to a lot of people when they, they can't see down the road very far. Well, we're not to be like that. We're to live our lives eternally with the eternal perspective. Uh, perspective. In 1 Peter 6.12, it says, Lay hold, he told, <clears throat> or 1 Timothy 6.12, Paul t told Timothy, lay hold of eternal life. We're to live our lives differently, my friends, if we understand and recognize there is a future life. Live our life for eternity. Amen? For the next life. This, this short life, <clears throat> as the scripture says, James says, it's like a vapor. It's here one day and gone the next. You know, I used to think it was pretty easy for you young people that might be watching. When you're 20, 25 years old, you don't think about being in your 70s or your 80s. But boy, I'll tell you what, it can get here quicker than you think. It can get here. So we want to live our life in a way that, that demonstrates the, the goodness of God. Now, how do we do that? Well, Hebrews 12, 2 says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. That's how we run, looking unto him. Lay aside every weight, in, in verse uh, 1 and 2, every weight and sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus. Amen? That's how we run our race. We look to him. We look to him. He's here. The prize is out here. We keep pressing forward to that prize. We don't start looking around all back here, back over there. Like I said last week, Paul says, forgetting those things that lie behind. I press on. I press forward. That's what we're to do. Now, another thing that can knock us off course is having ungodly desires. But how many of you know we're to have godly desires? It's Psalm 37, 4 says, delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Amen? He shall give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because when you delight in him, his desires become yours. There's two truths. If we will delight in the Lord, he will place desires on us, godly desires. Secondly, when we are, are delighted in the Lord and not in the flesh, God is pleased to grant our desires, which are now in accordance with his will. That's, that's the important thing. That's why we continually renew our mind to the word of God so we can, we can do the things that are pleasing in his sight. Amen? And he can, he'll give us the desires. Desires can be fed and developed. How many of you know that? Ungodly desires can be fed and developed and godly desires. It is important what you think and what, what you're seeing, where you're going, who you're hanging with, what the influence that you get from the outside world. You know, they, they talk about today uh, things in the world. Well, I can't understand why somebody would go out and do some uh, horrendous crime. But you find out if you look back what they've been doing, they've been viewing that sort of stuff. They've been watching that sort of stuff. They've been feeding themselves with that. And the desire is overwhelming after a while to do the wrong things. But how many of you know you can do the right things if you just light yourself in the Lord? Amen? Now, Another thing that can knock you off course is stress. But there's good stress, which can stretch you to help you go further. And there's bad stress, the kind that keeps you up at night, the kind that you can't sleep. Negative results uh, to stress are fear and worry, anxiety, cares of the world. Amen? But there is a good proactive course to overcome stress. And we know that scripture is over in 1 Samuel Samuel 30, which we, we know this story about David and his mighty men. They were out fighting a battle. Remember that story? And then they came back they, and, and they had been uh, 
invaded, their wives and, and their, all their goods have been taken and stolen. And we find in 1 Samuel chapter 30, in uh, verse 6, when that happened, it said, uh, well, first of all, they said they wept till they couldn't weep no more. And then they were mad at David because <laughs> he was the leader. I mean, you know, it isn't always a, the greatest thing to be the leader sometimes. But it says, now David was greatly distressed for the people who spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved, every man for his sons and his daughters. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. Number one, David began to openly acknowledge his, his anguish. He didn't, he didn't hide it. He wasn't hiding it. Then David said to the, uh, to the, the priest, the pri uh, Abimelech's son, bring me the ephod here. And, and he brought it to him. And so David inquired of the Lord. Secondly, or secondly, he encouraged himself in the Lord. How many of you know when stress comes, when problems come, the best thing you can do is get alone uh, with the Lord. I was at a prayer meeting today and one of the pastors there said, you know, the last few days have just been whew, one thing after another, one thing after another. And he said, I was running on empty. I mean, you know, we can run on empty. And he said that I had to get up today, get off by myself, get in the word of God, put on a little praise music and begin to encourage myself. Well, that's what David said. He encouraged himself in the Lord. I mean, you know, that's, that's, uh, you came, you would come home and your house is, everything in your house is gone, your family's gone. That's going to be pretty distressing. But you know, there's other things that can cause us stress. When we worry about things, when we, when we don't cast the care over on the Lord, when we keep bringing up the negative stuff all the time, rather than what God says in his word. Well, David encouraged himself in the Lord and then David did what? He inquired of the Lord. He began, when he got, when he got to a peaceful set, uh, place in, of his mind, he inquired of the Lord and he said, what do I do, Lord? Do I pursue? And the Lord answered him and said, he got the answer, pursue. And David pursued and recovered all that his enemy had, had done to him. Recovered all. How I many of you know, we have, when, we, when we inquire of the Lord, he's gonna answer us. Now, He's not gonna answer us when we're just standing there and all caught up in, in anxiety and fear and worry and, and all the things and so stressed out. I don't know what I'm gonna do. I don't know what I'm gonna do. Well, David could have done that. He was, it said right there, he was greatly distressed for the people wanted to get rid of him. They wanted to stone him. Amen, that would distress me too. Somebody's wanting to do me or do away with me, but he didn't do that. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. You can encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. I love, I love uh, over in uh, uh, Joel, not Joel, but uh, Jude, where it says, building yourself up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Amen. We can begin to build ourselves up. We can begin to get, let the stress go. How many of you know you can hear God's voice much clearer when, when you're at peace than when you're all jumbled up with all the problems? Isn't that true? Just quiet down. Have you ever had uh, a, a child when they grow up, one of your kids maybe, and they get hurt or they hurt their feelings and they get to crying so hard they, and they can't even think and, and they get so upset and, and the first thing we do is, is calm down son or daughter, calm down, calm down. 
and then you can get them at peace and then you can talk to them and they can re realize what you're doing. Well, it's the same way with God. When you're laying awake all night trying to figure out how you're gonna get out of your trouble, when the best thing you do is begin to magnify the Lord and say, Lord, after you've encouraged yourself in the Lord, what do I do? And you'll begin to hear the Lord, amen? So we, we know those things can knock you off course if, we're not, if you're not careful. So you gotta stay focused on the prize, amen? Now, another one is pride and ego. <laughs> Why do I say pride and ego? Listen, you can get too big for your britches, the old saying goes. <laughs> but in, over in Proverbs 16, 18, it says, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. How many of you know that Satan was cast out of heaven? Why? Because of what? Pride. Isn't that right? Pride causes Satan to fall. And in James and 4, 6, said, God resists the proud, but gives grace to what? The humble, amen, gives grace. How many of you know we need grace? What we used to coin as God's ability in, in us to do what we can't do on our own. That's grace to me. And we couldn't save ourselves, so he saved us. That's his grace, amen, through faith. Well, that's one of the things. Don't get too proud. Keep on going. Paul was never too proud. Paul, in fact, he said the things I used to do and the things that caused me to be proud, I just saw them as dung. They weren't nothing. Amen. That's the way, kind of way we all think about our life. Okay, somebody come up, pat you on the back. You did this and this and this, and your head starts to swell. Hey, that, that's all Jesus. <laughs> Amen. Another one, fear. How many of you know fear, it, fear brings torment? Fear brings torment, and it's the, probably the number one thing that the enemy uses. How many of you know this last year and a half or a little over a year now? It's been a fearful time for most of them in America. You know, I mean, pandemic has done a lot of, we've seen a lot of deaths and we don't want people to say, well, this and this and this and this and this and what? To cause fear. Three areas that can cause fear. Fear of change. You know, people don't like to change, but change is a way of life. How I many of you know, <laughs> uh, we don't want to change, but God says, hey, you're going to need to change. That's part of that Romans 12 too. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed or changed into what God wants you to be. Amen? Amen. And, and fear of, uh, how many, another, another one, fear of failure. Do you know that fear can paralyze you? You're afraid to step out? You remember the scripture. I'm not going to read it. I'll just mention it. And over in Matthew 14, verses 25 through th uh, 33, uh, they're out in the boat. And at night, and Jesus is walking on the water. Well, I all thought he was a ghost. And, and he told him who he was. And he said, uh, 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 come, you know, step out. And Peter said, well, bid me to come, Lord, and I'll step out. You know, Peter got out of the boat, <laughs> and, and nobody else did. Why? They were a fear that they weren't going to stand. You know, you can have fear of failure. God will tell you to do something, you, and you're afraid to step out and do it. Don't be afraid to do that this day. Run your race. Say, God, if you tell me to do it, I'm going to do it. If the word tells me to do it, I'm going to do it. I don't have to have a, thus saith the Lord, or somebody in a meeting and say, you know, the Lord said this to you. Yeah, that's just a confirmation. He tells us enough right here if we'll just do it. So fear will rob you of faith, faith to get out of the boat. Also fear of success. You ever thought of the fear of success? You know, you can be programmed all your life by certain people, teachers, parents or something, you'll never do it, you can't make it, you can't do this or that, with negative thoughts and attitudes. How many of you know, and, and subconsciously, 
you, you have a hard time uh, being successful. You'll, I know people, I've known people through in this church at different times that torpedoed their very success by, by the words of their mouth. They're not thinking they can do something. But you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. Amen? Amen. So uh, it says in Ephesians 4.23, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's your subconscious area. How I many of you know it's not only important to be uh, consciously uh, be renewed, but to be renewed in the spirit of your mind. They call it the Olympic system and the whatever the psychologists do. But we, it's, a, it's a subconscious area. Why do you do things uh, without even thinking? It's your subconscious many times. So you have to be renewed. But as you continue to renew your uh, uh, physical mind, where you're thinking, your thinking mind, it'll help you to overcome that subconscious. Amen? So those are things that can knock you off course. Staying on course is a, a vitally important. Run your race to the end, the last breath. <laughs> And we can live in faith and we can also die in faith. That's how you die in faith, is running your race to the end. Amen? And we just believe that when you do, that greater things are ahead. Live your life eternally, running your race with the eternal perception or, uh, that, that greater things are to come. But you're, you're way, laying your life down here on this, this place in this life for the next life. Amen? So let's pray before we get off here. Father, we thank you that you've given us a course to run and you've given us a race to run and you've said that <laughs> looking unto Jesus, we can run that race with endurance. So I thank you for this. Everyone in the sound of my voice tonight, Lord, would run their race to the fullness of what you've called them to do. Lord, that it'll be well with them. When it's, when, it's, when it's all said and done, they can stand before you and hear, well done, that good and servant. <laughs> you know, just look for those words. Well done, that good and faithful servant. You've run your race well. So those are the words that we want to hear. And so we're thankful that we can if we just do what we're supposed to do here on this life. We thank, give you all the praise now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Be blessed. We'll see you next time. Amen. Thanks again for listening. To hear more messages like this one, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for past episodes. And if you enjoyed today's message, consider sharing it with a friend. For more content and information about Living Word, check out our website at livingwordfamily.org. And remember to live the gospel and preach the gospel.